Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 48th episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and this week, my guest co-host is a great friend of mine. We met in the trenches of local news together, and she is a teacher now, so we absolutely love her for that, of course, and she is also a super talented photographer and videographer. My guest co-host this week is Lindsay Manning. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. It's about time that I join your dang podcast. Oh, you are so right about that. It's 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 been it's been exactly 48 episodes too long. And you want to know why? Because Lindsay actually has been there from the, pretty much the beginning of this podcast. She actually, if y'all go and look at um at my Facebook page and you see pictures of me, Lindsay is responsible for all of those pictures. So she's like fantastic. Um so she's been there for, she's been like a she's been part of the crime video since the beginning. Y'all just didn't know it yet. Yes, I remember standing there for our morning live hits and you're like did do you like do you like uh real crime stories i'm like no not really and then you're like well i do and here's my dream and you laid it out and then you know here you are doing it you're doing uh, the thing oh uh, well uh, you uh, and i just like i love you for like you're like so encouraging for things and i and you, i you've been like like one of those people who've just been like pushing me to like do it and stuff and so it's like kind of sweet to for you to bring that back up and that you remember that um so love that for us just just love that and i love you um but you know so let's let's do that let's let's talk about that over over a glass of wine let's right um so this week we are drinking michael david's sauvignon blanc it opens with vibrant citrus and floral notes crisp and clean on the palate refreshing flavors of white peach granny smith apple and tropical fruit to dance on the tongue carried through by the wine's lingering acidity on the finish so many flavors in there. That there's a lot happening right now, <laughs> man. And this the bottle is like really interesting too because it's not like a typical wine bottle shape. It's kind of like it's like she's kind of thick. <laughs> hey, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's my kind of favorite kind of wine. No, but it's kind of it's like because it's like thicker on the bottom and then like the top even has like a kind of a odd neck too. Oh, the bottom of the the bottom of the bottle. Did you? There's like a there's like a little yeah, a little lip on it. No, on it, underneath it, there's like a little oh, secret yeah. hidey hole down there. Yeah, yeah, you can like hide all sorts of things down there you're so right (laughs) you never know what you need to hide you know (laughs) so i'm just gonna go straight out the bottle because you know what i got nobody to share it with so (laughs) what you have me hello oh that's right well you got your own bottle so yeah yeah that's right right. there you go love that for us okay i love that sound that's that's what a way to end the day that's the sound of fun's about to start (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely (laughs) absolutely and my second favorite sound love that love that love that cheers to you Lindsay. thank you for coming on never had someone cheers with me from the bottle before but here we are (laughs) Hey, that's that's what I'm here for. That's a first. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. That's very light. That's you know what? I don't I don't get that um listen, I'm not a wine connoisseur, but I don't get mm. that like uh you know that that little kick. I don't yeah. get that with this. Well, it gets it's definitely acidity on the on the finish for sure. 100%. Apples, peaches, tropical fruits. Crisp and clean 100%. Floral notes. Oh my gosh. Yes, that I am y'all this what is a good they say? one. Dances on the tongue. Yeah, dances on the tongue. Yeah, I think that's about right. I don't really like sweet wines, um, and this isn't too sweet for me. So, Mm-mm. but it's but it's not too opposite either. 
No, not at all. I really actually thoroughly enjoy this glass. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, no, it's so y'all it's like it's very it's a very light wine, um, which I'm really, really enjoying because you all know I don't like like thick, thick whites. Um, But it also um, but it also there's it has like a pretty strong, um, pretty strong finish, though, too, like just but like not too strong, but like just enough to kind of like give you a little something because you don't get a whole lot in the front at all. You get it. You get pretty much everything you're talking about here toward the back of the mouth. Um, and so it's just enough to um, to like give you like a pretty strong like like like. To like to like really like like finish off the finish off this the sip that you're taking. This might be my new Sauvignon Blanc, y'all. Okay, I appreciate it that it's for my episode, Mister. <laughs> well, there you go, there you <laughs> go. Well, talk about an episode, right, Lindsay? The the case I'm about to tell you has all sorts of twists and turns that you are going to need a real good glass of wine or bottle of wine to 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 get through this one because there is so much going on here, so many different layers. Um, and I think we just dive right into it and just, and talk about it. Let's do it. I am so excited. All right, let's do that. Well, so this week, Lindsay, I want to tell you a really tragic story that should once again remind us all that you don't actually truly know anyone, not even the people who claim to love you the most. This week, I want to tell you the story of Pamela Butler and the dark section of (laughs) I-95. Pamela Butler knew exactly what she wanted out of life. She was beautiful, smart, and motivated, and it's easy to see why she had set out to so intently achieve her dreams with vigor. Pamela didn't grow up with much. She grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood. As her brother would later tell Dateline, Pamela really held the family together. She was free-spirited, but incredibly organized, and she was always pushing her family and friends and loved ones to do better, and her mom didn't have a whole lot to pass down to the kids. So Pamela knew from an early age that if she wanted it, she was going to have to earn it. And earn it, she did. In 2009, Pamela was 47 years old and successful. She was working as a computer analyst for the EPA in what was just the latest in a string of really lucrative jobs at several federal agencies. She had moved into this pretty well-off neighborhood in Washington, D.C. Frankly, basically the polar opposite of the neighborhood that she grew up in. There were plenty of expensive and fortified homes, Pamela's among them. And this was still Washington, D.C though, and you can never be too safe, and so Pamela, being the extremely cautious and intentional person that she is, had security cameras attached to an alarm system recording practically every single corner of the exterior of her home. And evidently, she was really cognizant of security. She would apparently check her security cameras every time someone came up to the house. The mailman, her friends, a squirrel, without fail. To the point where one friend told Dateline that she had been invited to the house and texted Pamela that she had arrived and she was literally like right outside the door and Pamela, instead of just going to check to let her in, went to go check the cameras just before she decided to to let her into the house. Well, um, I have been to Washington, D.C. actually because my mom lives there. Uh, We went there for uh, Thanksgiving and we have driven through these neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So I love that um, it starts here. Obviously, the story is about to turn in some Mm. way. Um, At some point, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, at some point, I'm sure. But 
I love the way it's painted. Um, I really wish her story was a happy ending, but it sounds like it's not going to be. Yeah, um, spoiler alert, there aren't a whole lot of happy endings in Crime Over Wine. Um, <laughs> some, but not a whole lot. Um, but, you know, but like, point being of, like, what we're trying to, like, the, pa- the picture we're trying to paint here, right, is, like, somebody who, like, takes security, like, very seriously, right? Because if, it, you know, and there are plenty of people who have locks on the door and whatever and, like, make sure that they know who's coming inside the house or know who's coming around the house. Like, this is a, a, a woman who you know for for frankly as far as i could tell like no specific reason in terms of like never been like attacked or like never had her home broken into just wanted to make sure that every single person was coming that was coming anywhere near the house like she had eyes on it like had a real good like angle to like you know check them out at every single step like wanted to make sure um that that she was safe and that her home was safe and this was just how she lived and like so so point being like again like we're not mentioning this for no reason at all it does become important later on um but like just i think it's important for everyone to kind of to kind of understand like who pamela was and like who like the kind of person she was because that's not how a lot of these stories start off pamela being like a little bit of the outlier here yeah and you think if you think about you know you're doing everything right in your life you think you're right. you think mm-hmm. you're doing good you the people around you love you you're taking all precautions and things just don't quite turn out that way i'm interested to see why we're putting so much emphasis on the security that i'm really curious to see how this goes yeah well definitely hold that thought we are going to come back to the security cameras much later on they're very very important so definitely hold on to that for sure Well, again, Pamela was a strong, independent woman, and she was not about to let any man hold her back, so she wasn't much of a casual dater. If she was going to date someone, she clearly saw that relationship lasting forever, and that was the person that she felt like she was going to spend the rest of her life with. And so, in September of 2008, Pamela thought that she met that person. She met Jose Rodriguez Cruz, a former military police officer from Virginia who was working at a medical clinic. They met on an online dating website, and they hit it off right away. All of her family and friends said that the couple was incredibly happy together, and she was spending a lot of time with him and was clearly interested in pursuing a long-term relationship with him. By February of 2009, everything seemed to be going well. It had to have been, right? Like, again, Pamela, strong woman, and at the first sniff of anything going awry, surely she would have cut it off. And so on February 12th, Pamela had called her mother mostly to verify plans that she had had with her mother and Trose to have dinner together that Valentine's Day. They were going to go to Pamela's mother's house at three o'clock and then they were all going to go out to dinner as a trio. Pamela also told her mother that she had early Valentine's Day plans with Jose that night on February 12th. She seemed excited about it and Pamela's mother was certainly excited about the idea of spending the evening with Pamela and the man who seemed to be making her daughter so happy. But when 3 o'clock on Saturday, February 14th came, Pamela and Jose never did. And as the hours ticked on, Pamela's mother got more and more worried about her daughter and her new boyfriend. So she called her son, Pamela's brother Derek, to ask if he had heard from Pamela, and he said he didn't. But he assured her that everything must be fine. There must be a logical explanation for Pamela's absence. But then days went by, and there was still no word from Pamela. And that just simply wasn't like her to blow off her mom the way that she had. Ooh, well... So far, I relate with Pamela. I I feel like she's a soul sister, so I'm worried Mm -hmm. about her too, like her mom. Yeah, you go, girl. Especially she's, you know, she seems to be a responsible, um, you know, like we talked about, having all her little duckies in a row, not trying to date around or be weird. So 
Um, I'm curious to know if this boyfriend, it sounds like he's suspicious just because he's new to the story, mm. but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he's going to end up a major part of this. Yeah. Well, and someone, right, Pamela, going back to Pamela, right? Like someone like very intentional about the people who, um, who she brings around her. Right. And like, not, and like, you see that a lot. I feel like with like, um, in these kind of stories with like moms, right. Who like, you know, have, you have kids and like, you want to be very cautious about, you know, not only who you're bringing into your house, but who you're bringing like into your inner circle, that kind of thing. Um, and so it's interesting, again, like, I don't really know a whole lot about Pamela's background um, in terms of, like, maybe she was attacked at one point or maybe her home was broken into. And so that would kind of maybe explain explain a whole lot of the, um, of you know, her her behaviors. But um, even if she, that wasn't the case, right, like, just the fact that she, you know, had these kind of, like, really cautious set of behaviors um, is really important. But again, like, just someone who's who's super cognizant um, and super careful about the people who she gets close to right and like we all should be that to a certain extent right you know and and but it seemed like she was like that um you know pretty intensely um but but again kind of going back to what we were just talking about as well right like the um like and we talk about this all the time in crime everyone like your pattern right like your set of behaviors your normal set of behaviors that you have everyone has them um and if you're a little bit off that step right and like if you know if again like pamela does not seem like the type of person to be more than one minute late to dinner with mom um and like the fact that she days go by and like she's still not you know you know mom's still not hearing from pamela red flag red flag red flag red flag right and so it's all important it all adds to something and and the fact that yeah and that that really shows in um you know the way the way the mom was expecting her on time uh and then she doesn't show up and almost immediately gets worried as a mom, if you have a kid that's late or has a habit of, uh, you know, running late or right. uh, doesn't text back right away, or but this is not Pamela. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. 47. You know, I, I think that's important to think about, too, because a 47-year-old is going to have a different mindset and habits and background than somebody who's like 23 sure yeah well and and important to to note right like the fact that like like not like not hearing from your 47 year old child for a couple of days may not be you know for most people may not be all that odd um because again you have your own life like you have you like everything like it's not like you're 16 and checking in with mom and dad every every night before you go to bed this is a totally different situation but but the fact that she's you know was supposed to have this date never showed up and and just you know never heard from you know what i mean never never said hey sorry i missed it or whatever it is odd right and so so it's all it's all important and you know by monday february 16th pamela's mom decided to call pamela's work to see if she had showed up there which she hadn't so she and derek decided that they needed to swing by pamela's place to check things out make sure she was okay and when they get there what was inside was absolutely shocking Crime Over Wine is sponsored by BetterHelp. As someone who's used therapy for years, I know that finding a therapist can sometimes be a stress on its own, juggling your full-time job, your family, your friends, your podcast, and trying to find the right therapist on top of that can almost feel impossible. That's where BetterHelp comes in. 
BetterHelp matches you with a therapist that works for you on your terms. It's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to one of 33,000 licensed professional therapists in as little as a few days. And because finding a new therapist is a lot like finding a new bottle of wine, if you don't jive with your therapist, you can easily switch to a new one at no additional cost. You can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash crimeoverwine. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crimeoverwine for 10% off your first month. Join over 4 million people who decided to get help and get happy with BetterHelp. Outside of Pamela's house, both of her cars were still in the driveway as they should have been. Plus, though, the mail was piling up right outside on the front porch, which was odd to Pamela's mother and brother because it just simply wasn't like her at all. She got the mail religiously. But what was inside was even more shocking, Lindsay. Inside of Pamela's house was a mess. And Pamela was this super neat and tidy person, in case you didn't put that together about her already. There were these sheets of paper that were thrown around all around the floor, almost as though she was doing something with them and then just vanished into thin air, throwing the papers about all around the room. On top of that, there were sheets missing from her bed. The comforter was placed on a uh, chair, but her purse and keys were still inside the house. And if that wasn't odd enough, get a load of this, Lindsay. That security camera and alarm system, the one that Pamela relied on so much to maintain her feeling of safety, well, the alarm system on the door was turned off, which her family swears she would never have done in under any circumstances, no way, no how. Well, I believe the family. Um, that, yeah. That's just my first response is I believe this family. Um, so... Okay, was there, do we know if there's anything on the papers or was it just like these blank papers? No, it, no, it, there was stuff on the papers, but it was just like, it was just like paperwork, right? Like okay, things like, that you have around your house, like probably like tax stuff. stuff. Yeah, nothing crazy. Okay, so the comforter was on the chair and the sheets were missing. So was there anything on her bed then? No, so it was, the bed was pretty much empty, right? And like, again, like she seems like the type of person here, right? Who like, who like, if you're doing your sheets, right? Like you're doing them and like, you probably have like a spare set in the, in the closet. Like you're do- doing it right away. Yeah. If they're not on the bed, they're in the laundry and that right, kind of exactly. Thing. Okay, exactly. here's the biggest red flag to me from this information is that her purse and keys are still there. Right. So what the heck? How, She's, where'd she go? Yeah, she like it, it wasn't like her to just get mad at something, throw pieces of paper everywhere, and just go for a walk and turn off her security right. system. That didn't happen, so what right. happened? Right, and well, and exactly, and it, and because it, even if that did happen, right, like, she, again, she seems like the type of person that would, like, at the very least, set the alarm system to, like, make sure that, um, that, you know, because even if, even if, like, somebody else was in the house at the time, and she, like, left to go do whatever, like, you still set the alarm system, just in case somebody decides to break in, even while that person is there, like, you're not home, you know what I mean? And, like, but also, like, where the heck are you going if you don't have your purse and your keys and your cars are in the driveway, you know? Yeah. Do we have any other clues inside? Oh, we definitely do, Lindsay. And there are, you know, again, there are a few more pieces of the scene that just don't feel right at all. There is this window that was in the second floor dining room, and that was the only window in the house that was unlocked, which, again, was totally not like her at all. There's no way this woman is leaving a window unlocked 
period. But on top of that, the window um, has a set of blinds on it. And it was one of those blinds that could either be lifted from the bottom or lowered from the top. And the blinds were lifted from the bottom, which was also just so unlike her because not only did she rarely ever leave the blinds open, period, but let alone the window unlocked, if she did leave the blinds open, she would always, and I mean always, open them from the top so that no one would be able to see inside the home. She would never, you know, open them. You would never, ever, ever open them from the bottom, period. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, especially if they're in a big city, you know, I just imagine her in one of those little, um, townhomes that are, right. um, you know, they're real, they're real thin, but, um, two stories and sometimes they have a, a basement underneath them that they rent out. So did she own this place? Do we know? Yes. Yeah, she owned the place. Okay. And I got, I don't know if we have any of that information later, but, um, I, I'm curious to, I mean, it makes sense that she would open it from the top and not the bottom for privacy reasons being like so many people you know on that Mm -hmm. street when you're packed in with apartments like that but um oh man I'm so curious with all these details like which ones are the important clues I'm sure they're all very important oh they're all they're all so important but like again like like because just to be clear here right because like none of this is like admissible in court but in terms of like an investigation right like this is like painting like a like a picture of like there's something odd here right like there's mm-hmm. something like somebody else clearly did all these things right because if if you know pamela is not the type of person to like leave her bed undone to leave all these papers undone to 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 undo the 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 security on the door to to lower the blinds from the, from the or to lift the blinds from the bottom not lower them from the top to leave the the window unlocked like it's it's just pointing to like a set of behaviors that are not pamela right and so these are this is really important to to kind of piece together like in terms of from an investigative standpoint like piece together like the like this the scene right to like piece together what the heck happened in this house because it clearly whatever happened here it clearly wasn't Pamela to do it yeah so I mean if I'm the mom or the brother my first thought would be the new boyfriend just because he's the new character so we know that Pamela's mom and brother are looking for Pamela at the time but are they thinking where's Jose well Jose is actually interestingly enough also looking for Pamela. Derek checks Pamela's phone and sees that there are several voicemails from Jose asking where Pamela is. He even left a note on her desk simply saying, Pam, where are you? So Derek decided to clue Jose in on their mystery. He gives him a call to see if he had heard from Pamela. And when he reached Jose, he said, no, he hadn't heard from Pamela since Friday when they had broken up. Uh-oh. So, do we know why they broke up? What did Jose say? Well, so Jose tells Derek that Pamela was getting jealous of Jose oh, because yeah. he still had contact with his ex's daughter. He says that she looked at him like a father, and so he kept in touch with her because he thought it was the right thing to do. But Pamela didn't like that at all, and so she de- so he says that she decided to break up with him. Hmm... Okay, well, I'm obviously on Pamela's side so far. Um, I think there's a difference between being jealous and, like, not having healthy boundaries, so... Sure, yeah, and I don't really know what that relationship was like, to be fair, but... Yeah, I don't know. I still um, am putting Jose on on my naughty list, because I don't really trust him at this point. 
Yeah, well, Derek is kind of getting the same way at this point, Lindsay, and he's getting a pretty weird feeling about this guy. So he decides to go to Jose's house and feel him out for himself because he had known Jose for like a little bit, but not super well since he and Pamela had really just started dating pretty recently. And when Derek gets to Jose's house, Jose is like super normal, super nice to Derek, as Derek later tells Dateline. Jose even allows Derek up to his apartment to look around. Derek snoops around, really, again, really suspicious of Derek, thinking for sure that if something bad had happened to his sister, this was the guy to do it. And that there were probably, you know, a clue or two inside the apartment to rat him out. But there wasn't a thing out of place in Jose's apartment. And as Derek was about to leave, he makes a really interesting and kind of strange ask of Jose. Derek asks Jose to strip. What do you mean strip? Yeah, well, strip. Derek tells Jose to take off all of his clothes so that he can look for any new scratches on him. And to his credit, Jose totally complies. He strips down all the way to his underwear, and he was totally clean. There wasn't a scratch on the guy. So Derek tells Dateline that he left Jose's apartment thinking that Jose was a really nice guy, nothing to be concerned about at all. And he even says that his suspect meter lowered significantly after this interaction with Jose. Ooh. Okay, well, first of all, that was really fast thinking mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't know much about investigations, but I imagine in something like this, if there's a missing person, then some time passes. So, you know, if there were any scratches or bruises or whatever where maybe he did something to her, she was trying to fight back and he was looking for that, that would have faded away maybe by the time authorities. So that was actually right. really good thinking. Yeah, well, it, it certainly it probably would have been like there probably would have been a sign of it be, by, at this point compared to when the, anyone had last seen um, Pamela. Um, but no, but you're totally right about that, right? Like once they finally kind of figure out what what happened and what went on like all that probably would have been gone if there was anything on him to begin with um so yeah no definitely credit to to derek there for sure but like you know again like i I think i think you know at this point right like like the like the intuition of like a brother and a mother right like that like if somebody who knows pamela more than anybody if 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 derek walks out of there and says you know yeah jose is cool everything's fine like you kind of have to put enough stake into that for that reason um because because he you know he he fished it out and like everything seemed okay right because if you had just made a woman disappear, right, like a few days beforehand, odds are, like, you're not going to be, like, Mr. Cool, Calm, and Collected, you know, everything, everything's all right, and, like, yeah, come in and look at my, and look at my house, and yeah, sure, I'll take off my, all my clothes for you. I mean, I guess unless you know for a fact that you're not going to find anything. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah, I think, I think the intuition part is good. I still don't totally trust Jose just because there's no other characters at this sure. point. Yeah. Well, and we're going to give you a couple of characters to think about in a little oh, bit. Oh, good. So hold okay. That yeah. Okay. I'm curious to know, like, obviously Pamela had this security system, so they like, are they able to go back and see if there's anything on there that gives them more clues? Oh, they definitely are. You want to talk about that? Let's talk about that for sure, because there is so much to talk about here. You're going to have some things to say, so let's get there, right? So that day, Pamela is officially reported missing to police, and they show up, uh, investigators meaning to Pamela's house, to look around and search for more evidence. And they say that they found no real evidence of foul play at the house. 
But they do find that video surveillance footage that you were just talking about, Lindsay, which covers almost every corner of the outside of the house. And there's quite a bit there to look through and to put together a pretty decent timeline of events in the days before Pamela's mother and brother found her empty and disheveled apartment. So they go back to February 12th, the day that Pamela had last spoken to her mother about her early Valentine's Day dinner with Jose that was planned for that night and about their plans to get dinner on Valentine's Day that Saturday. And at 9.48 p.m., they see their next sign of Pamela's. It's her arm coming out of the front door to get the mail. That day, they are able to confirm that she called her mother, sent several emails to her employer and her relative, too, and that was it. That glimpse of Pamela's arm, though, was the last time anyone would see her, as far as anyone could tell. But she wasn't the last person who would be seen on the security cameras. Jose could also be seen on the cameras entering and exiting the home several times. Okay. Well, at first glance, I'd be like, oh, see, there's your evidence. But they were dating. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. According to his story, you know, they were dating. He was going, you know, in and out of there and they broke up. Right. So it could be that they were just going in to have whatever arguments about being jealous and whatever and leaving. Sure. So, but okay, that arm was the last thing to be seen, but she's never seen seen leaving in that camera, which means that, okay, so either the security system was turned off before she exited at whatever point, or maybe mentioning that upstairs dining room had something to do with it. Did she go out the top window? Like, there's a lot of possibilities here now yeah you're getting like you're you're on the exact right track so definitely hold every single thought you just had (laughs) all right um they're all gonna come back they're all gonna come back um but you know as far as jose though you know he leaves pamela's home three separate times over the next few days once on friday february 13th and two more times on saturday the 14th after he claims he and pamela had broken up and in those trips jose can be seen carrying cleaning supplies into Pamela's home and several large trash bags and more belongings out of the house. Okay, red flag, red flag, red flag. So cleaning supplies, come on. Did he have like the bleach and the lye and the gloves and the, I mean, that's, she already keeps a tidy house. He doesn't need to be cleaning. I'm sure there are cleaning supplies in the house, yeah. Yeah, so what's going on with the trash bags? Yeah. Well, and so police ask Jose about this and the rest of his comings and goings from Pamela's home, especially after he had already told police that they should have been separated. Well, Jose tells police that he was moving some of his belongings out of Pamela's home since she had just broken up with him, and he came and went as he pleased using the key that she had given to him. Okay. She gave him a key. Yeah. Uh, You know, that doesn't... That actually doesn't really sound like the Pamela that we have been introduced to. I 100% agree with you, Lindsay. And, like, again, like, certainly not after you dump the guy. Like, you don't let him keep the key. Yeah. And to, like, important note here, right? Like, that I, like, should be mentioned 100% because there was even, like a possibility um, that he was seen entering the house at one point, like, after she had broken up with him, um, with like, a lanyard um, that looked to be the same lanyard that Pamela was known to use, like, as her personal key. Okay, that's, well, that's a big, that's a big deal. So, okay, so, 
she sounds like she's decently close to her mom, though. She hasn't told her mom she broke up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's right. a question. Well, yeah, and you would think, yeah, that's a good point, too, right? Because you would think that, like, if you just broke up with your boyfriend the day before you're supposed to get to anywhere with your mom, like, wouldn't you, like, if someone who's who's close to their mom, like, like okay, let's get dinner and let's talk about how I just dumped my boyfriend yesterday, you know? Yeah, and wait, weren't they planning, wasn't the mom expecting both of them? Correct. So would, and she said she was, when's the last time that the mom talked to her? On February 12th, and then they were supposed to get dinner together on February 14th. Okay, so two days. So, unless, unless he dumped her after February 12th. Yeah, so she, so he says that he, um, that she dumped him on February 13th. Well, knowing, knowing how, um diligent she is in communicating and organized one would assume that unless she was totally distraught and just not thinking clearly or whatever that she would call her mom and be like hey mom i guess it's just gonna be me coming we're broken up yeah or at the very least if you're that upset about it like hey mom i'm not coming anymore so sorry right or or just say hey we broke up and like you know be talking about it and not even mention the the coming over and also too i just can't imagine because if she's 47 years old right like like frankly like that's old enough to like feel as though like you want to spend as much time with your parents as possible in terms of like if i make plans with my mom like i'm not gonna just cancel on or just even not not even cancel just not show up to those plans just because i broke up with my boyfriend right again she's 47 she's not 23 so Yeah. yeah it goes back to that and um okay so here's where i get a little confused because the last thing we see is her arm getting the mail then we see in the security cameras him going in and out with cleaning supplies then logic tells me it was turned off before she exited either alive or not alive so where where's pamela in any of these videos the last thing we see is her arm yeah right and like again before you you even go here right like it's pretty obvious that police and no one else is assuming at this point that pamela was like actually inside any of the trash bags that jose was seen carrying out in any way um they were pretty heavy bags sure but it was also pretty clear from the way that that jose was carrying them that, that there was no way that a person was inside any of those bags or any parts of a person so like leave that thought behind for sure but police Okay. pretty much accept his reasoning this seemed like a fairly logical explanation as to why he was coming and going from pamela's house with such frequency assuming that he was telling the truth about her breaking up with him on friday it doesn't fully explain you know the cleaning supplies to me though but who knows what they were thinking about that frankly that was my question is like what is what are the police the police didn't ask him about the cleaning supplies like that seems really obvious yeah and like the only thing like so yeah so he claims in this whole process right that he was like 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 taking like moving out all this stuff so maybe the logic here is like you're taking cleaning supplies because you you don't want to use your 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 ex-girlfriend's stuff so you come in like you have some things to take care of no come on that's a stretch i don't it it definitely is a stretch for sure like don't get me wrong but like that's only like that's the only thing i can kind of almost go for they can't prove it though they can't prove anything based on what they i mean you can't no, yeah. uh, cleaning supplies is certainly suspicious, but hardly evidence. 100%. Yeah, right. But, you know, it doesn't really fully explain where Pamela was in all of this. Again, Pamela wasn't seen on camera again, but when her brother and mother show up four days after that, she's not in the house. So where did Pamela go? 
Well, to find the answer to that question, Lindsay, police had to have a pretty creative and keen eye. Hello, Crime Over Wine listeners. I am Rachel. And I'm Heather. We are the hosts of Like Mother, Like Murder. We bring you the good, the badass, and the crime. Each week, we bring you stories from missing and murdered to survivors and women who empower you. And of course, some mom talk sprinkled in. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts at Like Mother, Like Murder. And give us a follow on social media so that we can say hi. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. All right, Lindsay, how's Michael David doing for you? Oh, Michael David, my buddy, man. (laughs) Dude, it just keeps getting smoother and smoother. It sure does. Yeah, and the flavors are softening a lot, and it's it's becoming a lot smoother and a lot crispier, crisper, excuse me. Mm -hmm. You know how you can kind of tell after a glass or two whether or not you're going to have a headache? From the, you know, I don't get, I don't get that with this. No, no, no. It's, it's super light. It's definitely not, there is not a whole lot of sugary flavors in here at all. I do notice, cause I'm again, trying to read, read through this, through, through the story. And I notice out of the corner of my eye that Lindsay takes a sip directly from the bottle um, every couple <laughs> of seconds. And so pre- appreciate that. That is Lindsay to a T by the way. And that's why we love her. Yeah. You know, Hey, we're, we're just, we're just trying to be real here. You got you know? to, you got to. Hey, I don't want, I don't want to waste a glass. That's fair. And you know what too? I feel like, um, I have to say like it's technically one glass um of wine if you drink the entire bottle um at once because you're not using more than one glass that's true it's just an oddly shaped glass exactly. that i have here one Glasses giant are a construct <laughs> you know from now on that's what we're going with good i'm never drinking out of a glass of out of glass ever again and you can and you have Lindsay manning to think for it <laughs> I love you, Leo. I love you. I love you. Let's get back to the case. Okay. <laughs> we left on a pretty big cliffhanger, right? Like, where we're talking about, you know, where's Pamela? Obviously, that's what the whole case is all about. But, like, really specifically, like, how'd Pamela leave the house? Um, and we're about to get a little bit of a hint as to how um, Pamela left the house. So, let's get there. So, police realize that the only exit of this whole house that didn't have a single camera fixated on it was the window that was left unlocked with the blinds opened from the bottom. Okay, well, that's... I'm glad somebody saw that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that she didn't have that covered, but I guess being on the second floor, if you're going to have a couple cameras and then one entrance or exit doesn't get covered... I would make it the second floor too, because who would like climb up and through the second yeah. story window? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and uh, like I, I was also kind of surprised when I heard that because she did kind of seem like the person who would have like every corner of her house covered and like every single possible entrance or exit. Um, but it's also kind of in a way almost. And again, we're gonna get we're it'll be a little bit more obviously this way toward the end, but like a little poetic almost, um, because it's almost like her like due diligence. Um, you know, in in covering every angle of her house, almost kind of helped out in her disappearance to 
kind of piece all these clues together um because the fact that she didn't have that camera on that one uh, on that one window um you know pointed investigators in that direction to be like this must have been how she left the house you know what i mean because like obviously if she had the cameras it would have been obvious right like she they would have been video evidence of however this happened okay so it's not necessarily that the camera the system was turned off before her body or you know, whatever left the house, it was that maybe it was just through that one that wasn't captured by camera. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so so and to be clear, like the, the video cameras worked the entire night, but the, the security at the front door was turned off. Um, so, I see. Yeah. So, I see. So big difference okay. there. So yeah, so they captured um like video evidence this whole time, like all the way up until um up until mom and, and brother came to um came to the house to look for her. Um so they have lots of evidence here but just not the key piece. So do we, without giving anything away, do we find out why that front door security was turned off? Because I feel like that is a big red flag. Yes, we do. Okay. At some point, All right. For sure. But also, so so going back to the window too, right? Like that to me is s- like screams evidence, in my opinion, of like whoever was responsible for Pamela's disappearance must have known her pretty well, right? Like, knows her enough to know that she has security cameras and knows her enough to know that that window is not covered. At least knows her house enough. Right. Or knows her, yeah, knows her house enough to know to go look for it. Like, that that was a lot of thinking on their part to go mm-hmm. look for the, the thing and be like, okay, this is the window that's, like, this is my exit, you know? Do we know how long they were dating at this point? So they met in September 2008, um, and okay. this is February tw- uh, 2009, so f- I'm not going to math. Four months? So about five, five, six months. Yeah, four, four or five, six months, something like that. Okay. So because a lot of couples, you know, if they're if they're dating, you kind of know about, like, I, you know, I know some people who have started dating and gotten married after only dating six months. So after six months, if you have, like, a relationship like that, especially if they had been talking and then... You know, it said she would only date somebody that she saw being forever. It sounds like they probably knew each other well enough, especially yeah. if Got he pretty was coming in and out of the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, you, and I feel like six months is like a solid amount of time to like get to know someone enough. Right. Mm-hmm. To like know where like where your security cameras are, that kind of thing, you know, and like no and like spend enough time at their house that and that kind of stuff. So makes a logical amount of sense to me, I think, anyways. But, you know, at this point, though, you know, police were reigniting their suspicion of Jose, right? Like, there was all of this stuff that was pointing them in his direction at this point. So they bring him in for more questioning. And this is when he tells his story about the breakup and him clearing things from Pamela's house. He was pretty cooperative, though. He agreed to allow police to search his apartment, and police also impounded his car so they could search that, too. Jose even agreed to take a polygraph test, but interestingly, he got kind of skittish and walked out right before the exam was supposed to begin. Okay, is that allowed to just, like, not take it? Oh, yeah. You are under no legal obligation to take a polygraph test in any way, shape, or form. In fact, if, if, like, this is not legal advice, but if Liam is your lawyer, um, never (laughs) take the polygraph test ever, 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 ever. Okay. Well, so how accurate are those anyway? Oh, I mean, they're they're crap, they're, and they're not even admissible in court. I don't even understand why they exist. Okay. Well, I mean, it's possible that they do them just so they can like physically look at their response when they're you know trying to answer. Oh yeah. Well, and to be clear, they have they have like a 
legitimate use from an investigative standpoint, right? Because if you take a polygraph test, you fail the polygraph test, like that's at least someone to like look at a little bit more intently, right? Like it's not it's not yeah. enough to get an arrest warrant by any means, but like maybe a search warrant, like maybe that's the, the additional thing to get a search warrant, that kind of thing, which like they didn't need, um, you know, because he, they, he was like, yeah, sure, do whatever. Um, but th- that was like the intention of the whole thing. And and also too, it's kind of like, like an interview tactic to be like, okay, like, are you willing to take a lie detector test? You know what I mean? Like, because because then because then if they say no, red flag. If they say yes, yeah. green flag maybe or yellow flag. Yeah, you know, I I think that is really important. Um, not that you know our listeners are ever going to do any crimes, but I I think <laughs> you that, never know. I I really do think that like from the stuff that we have covered in our news days, it always was interesting that the last line of that script was always they're cooperating with police, you know, like that, that is a big deal. And I think that really, um, is something that if anybody were ever going to do a crime, maybe it's important to do to have like to show face. (laughs) Right. Well, well, and to be clear, like, 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 yes, like hear you there for sure, but like not necessarily, um, like evidence of guilt or innocence, right. Just because they're cooperating, like they could be cooperating and, like be telling them where the body is, but like they could also be cooperating and like telling them everything that they know to like point them in a different direction. So it's like really, it's like kind of like that, like that line of like person of interest, right? Like person of interest is not me a suspect, but it could, you know. But it could be if it tips it one way or another. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm interested to know if if any other characters are going to come up because like it sounds like we should still be hounding Jose, but none of these people seem to. Yeah. think that there's anything pointing to that well we're about to give you some of that so let's get there for oh, sure <laughs> well you know as they searched more and more for pamela the trail was running drier and drier and although jose was looking pretty good they weren't entirely convinced so police asked pamela's family if there was anyone else else who they think may have even possibly had something to do with Pamela's disappearance. And they mention Pamela's nephew, Brandon. Pamela had taken him in a while before her disappearance because he didn't have any place to go. He ended up living with Pamela on and off for a few months, but throughout the entirety of Pamela and Jose's relationship. Brandon said Jose was a really nice guy. There weren't any problems with Jose that he could think of at all. But just a few weeks before Pamela's disappearance, Pamela started having some real financial problems. And so she turned to Brandon to start pitching in more financially around the house. And when he couldn't do that, she asked him to leave. Mm, Okay. Well, hey, I can relate with starting to go through some real financial problems. Oh, same. Hey, you know. Yeah. Pamela's my girl. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, you're y'all are kindred spirits for sure. You definitely <laughs> that. Um but like but so I mean that that to me sniffs motive, like motive adjacent. Certainly not enough to like, you know, murder someone necessarily, but like I could see it potentially, you know, resulting in, in a boiling point of sorts to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, the the thing about these cases is that you get a snippet of it and it's like we have to kind of fill in the rest. Right. But that that really that filling in is there's so much intention there that we're like making up. So it's these yeah. cases are hard. I would not want to be an investigator for this. Oh, no, this is complicated as heck, right? Cuz like you really and like like to, again, like let's reiterate here, right? Like like Pamela still has not been found, right? So like all that like there's no physical evidence because of that alone. 
Um, there's like some things that like, you know, are going on that like mate that like, you know, like again, point you in the direction of someone who, who knows Pamela very well and knows the house very, very well. And certainly someone who lived there for an extended period of time would, would know where the cameras were pointed. know you know, what the, what the windows were like and that kind of thing. Um, you know, probably I would imagine would know enough to know that like, you know, like that, that Pamela would never leave the house without like securing the door, the door alarm or like make sure that, you know, the, the windows were locked and that kind of thing. So like, but maybe that's not what they were trying to do at the same time. Maybe that's just like how they left it. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So we got, we got this new character, uh, which we didn't know about before. That would have been nice to know. Mom talked to <laughs> investigators, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like they, they automatically think it's the boyfriend, but I don't know. I guess when you're in that situation, you don't think of family. I mean, who who else is out there that? Yeah. You know, like like what 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 are investigators thinking? What what other people did they come up with? Yeah. Oh, there's a big one that they come up with. Um, okay. Someone that we already know too. It's the brother. Oh wait, hold on. But why? Like so far from what we know, he is he's supportive. He's helping the mom. He's even calling out jose telling him to take off his clothes like what why right exactly but you know police though get a series of anonymous text messages that point a finger squarely at derek and here Lindsay, i want you to read them for us if you can okay uh let's see the first one says please look into the fact that pam and the brother were not as close as he tries to make it appear okay well, an anonymous text message says that? Yes. All right. And then the second one says, Pam Butler's still missing. The brother has all of y'all fooled. Okay, well, here's my first thought. All of y'all. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's a real... Su- that's a real... Now, either somebody is real smart and trying to not sound like themselves, but... All of y'all, that's something that happens down here, sure. Liam, in Tennessee not, and Georgia. Not Washington, D.C. You're right about that. You're right about <laughs> you, that. You got 50 states listening. That's something we say down here. They don't say all of y'all up in D.C. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> so that that's a big red flag to me. Let's see. Um, Gosh. So these anonymous text messages... Is that like a, is that like a, like a tip line or something like that? Yeah. So I would imagine at this point, right? Because a significant, I don't know how much time has passed, but a significant period of time has passed um, since since Pamela um, has went missing, and so they put out like you know, hey, if you know anything, call this number, text this number, whoever. You know, I'm sure that investigators are handing out you know business cards like candy around the neighborhood, that kind of thing. Um, and so yeah, that's that. So that's where the text messages come from. Um, okay. So. Well, I gotta be honest, I'm still looking at Jose here. Well, why is that? He's number one on my list just because um, it seems like she's pretty tight with family. Like, I don't know, maybe second on the list is the nephew just because money makes people crazy sometimes. And maybe he saw that she was well off and maybe he could like take some of her money. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, with these... These text messages, the fact that they're anonymous, the first thing that popped in my head, I gotta be honest, is that 
it was Jose doing the anonymous. T- I don't know. I don't know. No, not a bad, not a bad theory, right? I mean, that that would make a logical amount of sense. I mean, again, we, I, even to this day, we don't know, or at least they haven't released publicly, um, who who sent these text messages. So we just don't know what the, what the deal is. Um, but but so, but I, I could see it going either way, right? Like I could see it being kind of someone kind of close to the to the investigation who knows the family, like knows the, the dynamics here, and like want to you know point them, you know, hey, look at the brother a little bit more intently. But I could also see it as being someone who is the actual perpetrator of this crime mm-hmm. and who wants to point it in um, in the brother's directions. So that way the heat is taken off of the actual person who did it. All right. So then what comes of all of this? Um, well, what comes of this is um, evidence of a potentially pretty strong motive here, Lindsay. And you were talking about money, so let's talk about money a little bit more. Let's talk about it, man. Police actually do look into Derek, naturally, and they find some interesting things that, again, could contribute to a possible motive. For starters, Pamela and Derek used to be business partners. Now, I never saw in what capacity or what their business was, but I did see that she had recently broken that off because Derek wasn't holding up his side of the agreements, and she said she, he just wasn't a good business partner. But despite that, Derek remained a pretty sizable beneficiary in Pamela's will. Okay, well, I don't know. For some reason, Derek seems to be the good guy to me. Maybe it's because that's what I started assuming right off the top. Um, this is why we don't make assumptions, everyone. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I think it's pretty natural for a, a tight family to go into business together. Oh, yeah. Um, and be in your will, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, okay, the family, the, the business doesn't work out, but we still got to have this family. Family's forever, so... You're still going to be in my will, brother. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so that doesn't seem unnatural to me. Yeah. No, I agree. It doesn't seem unnatural. But, like, also, too, does point in a motive direction at the same time, right? Like, cause if, if somebody disappears and like, you know, you have, you, you have a right. bad business relationship together and then that person disappears and you're, you know, supposed to financially benefit from that. Yeah. 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 That's very true. But you know, from what I understand in uh, life insurance, they got to figure out, I mean, I actually don't know this at all, but I, I know, I know, I know you can't, I know you can't take your own life and have the life insurance work out. So, oh yeah, yeah. Again, we talk about this all the time on on Crime Rewind. If you kill somebody, you don't get a dime, right? Like zero. Yeah. So, so they got to figure out how she died. Right. Um. So, I guess anybody in the will is going to be suspect at this point until they figure it out right yeah i mean you would think so right i mean i would again i would imagine i don't know like what the like like step one of like investigative process was in terms of like looking for suspects when you don't have any like solid ones um but or like vetting people and that kind of stuff but i would imagine right like that one of the first places you go to is like is a will like who benefits financially or in any other way from this person dying, like who wins from this situation. And then, and then Mm -hmm. you probably figure, and then that's a pretty good place to start. I would imagine anyways. It's a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good place to start at least. Yeah. So that makes sense. So, all right. I gotta know what happens. Well, years go by with no sign of Pamela and frankly, not a whole lot of new solid evidence of where she may have gone or what may have happened to her. 
And as far as police were concerned, all options were on the table. It was possible that Brandon or Derek maybe possibly could have had something to do with uh, Pam's disappearance, but Jose still looked like their prime suspect. But they didn't have the evidence to prove anything. And again, they don't even have a body at this point. Mm. In July 2016, Pam's family had her officially declared dead. And despite being looked at as a possible suspect, albeit pretty low on the list, Derek vowed to bring justice to her sister's killer. And it was that persistence that brought Pam's name back into the spotlight and got people talking about her again, almost eight years later. And in February of 2017, a witness finally came forward with the information that would reignite the investigation and push it into a whole new direction. Get ready for that big test with Study.com. Study.com offers learning materials and test prep, even LSAT study prep guides for all of my legal nerds listening. Unfortunately, there aren't any wine study guides, and believe me, I did check. Listeners can get 30% off their first three months of any subscription level using the promo code CRIMEOVERWINE. Again, that's promo code CRIMEOVERWINE, no spaces, for 30% off your first three months at Study.com. Learn faster, stay motivated, study smarter with our sponsor, Study.com. A witness had called police with a bombshell's worth of information about Jose. That witness was apparently Jose's son, Hansel, and he offered up information about Jose's violent past. Jose had apparently been given a general discharge from the army due to alleged mental instability and had apparently also threatened to hurt his female boss twice. In 2004, Jose was also charged with sexual assault at gunpoint and had apparently also threatened to rape the woman's three-year-old daughter, too. And Jose's son said that he saw this whole interaction happen. Okay, I told you I didn't like Jose. I told you, man. She's speaking through me. Jose's a bad dude, man. I knew it. Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't. I didn't know it, but I I really didn't know it. I don't know anything (laughs) about this case. But I just, I never liked Jose from the beginning. I'm not saying that he did it still because we still don't know. But obviously he's got some issues going on. Right. Well, and again, so just to be clear, because I feel like I went through that pretty quick, like we're talking about two times where he had threatened to hurt his boss um, and which got him a a, um, general discharge from the army. And then a separate incident where he, um, where he was arrested and charged with, with sexual assault by gunpoint. Um, and, and then another incident where he, in that same process, I suppose, um, had, had threatened to rape his, the woman's three-year-old daughter. This is crazy, Liam. This is like, this dude, it's not just mental instability. We're talking about, Uh, no, beyond, we're talking about sexual assault. We're talking about gunpoint, okay? Like, threatened to hurt his female boss, like, not as severe, I guess, but, like, Mm -hmm. threatening to rape a kid. Like, who even thinks that, much less... Oh, says it yeah. out loud so what in the world yeah and 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 he has like a really weird and interesting dating history too but like um and we're gonna get a little bit more into that a little bit later on but it's not totally clear that he wasn't that he was or wasn't married to this woman potentially or was in a relationship with this woman potentially and so point being is 
it's super unclear to me as to whether or not because if you remember there was like that that mention that I had a little bit later uh, like earlier about the, the his ex wife's daughter who he was really yeah close yeah to. yeah. I'm not totally clear or, or unclear, frankly, whether this daughter was the same person. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, I, it could be, it could be, or could, or it could not be. But like, point, be, right. like, I guess I mentioned all that to say is that there's so many people who are involved here. It's just, it's just impossible to keep them all straight. Yeah. Okay. So we got now. Now you're saying this is years later that Mr. Hansel decided to come forward about his daddy. Correct. Okay. Correct. And he was a child when this whole when this whole thing happened. To to that credit, right? Um, and then so now he's like a full fledged adult. Okay, but so. obviously he was old enough to know, or at least look back at records and know and and be able to see and say like, hey, but okay, hold on. Why haven't police been able to see this stuff about Jose? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I I don't know. I don't know 100%. Because that stuff, like, at least the the discharge from the army with an alleged mental instability, that would have surely been on paperwork, right? Yeah, and that's that's what, what I really also didn't really understand. And so I'm wondering how well this was documented or maybe even possibly, like, expunged to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um, because um, Because I would imagine that... Pamela would have n- not liked this. Yeah, and threatened to hurt his female boss twice. I wonder if that right. is just Hansel talking from stories or if that was like a document. So there's a lot of unanswered questions here, but oh, but yeah. obviously police are taking this seriously. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, the, no, they're not messing around about this time and they're Definitely not messing around about what else Hansel says. Oh gosh, what does he say? This is where the bombshell really comes in. Hansel also tells police that Jose had a previous wife. And that that wife has been missing for almost 30 years. Okay, so I don't know what happened there, but um, our our missing woman in question, which by the way... um, I didn't even think... They still haven't found her body, right? Still have not found Pamela. Okay. All of this... So at at what point does a missing person be declared deceased? So she's already been declared dead. So you might have missed that. But we... But we... She was declared dead in 2016. Okay. um, And now we're jumping up to 2017. And so... So point being is like... So... And it's really important to note here, right? Because like once she's declared dead, like it gets back into the headlines. And so it gets people talking a little bit more again. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So that's kind of how this whole thing kind of plays out is like it... Like her being declared dead kind of reignites the conversation around her. It reignites the conversation. And so it's... It's not like it's been big this whole time it's just that Mm-mm. she's declared to see some people like oh yeah whatever yeah. happened to her yeah in fact okay. um you know it, i sh- it's probably is it certainly is worth mentioning here that like a big complaint from Derek um is that um you know Pamela didn't really get a whole lot of attention or media attention um when she had first um went okay. missing um to to much of his frustration um and frankly and he he says and it wouldn't surprise me necessarily in terms of like the implicit bias type thing cuz uh, and we didn't talk about this because frankly like like who like not not that who cares but like um you know it doesn't make a difference in terms of the outcome of this investigation but Pamela is a black woman um, and so, and 
I have, and you know, he raises that point over and over and over again that like if Pamela had been a white woman, she probably it probably would have been a, a Gabby Petito part one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like before Gabby Petito, um, you know, really happened. Um, and so that's it's it's frustrating to him, and he talks about it a lot every time he go, he goes on TV. He talks about how um his his sister just did not get that kind of attention. Yeah. See, I knew I liked Derek. I knew I, I knew I liked him. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, but it's a valid point and yeah. there are so many statistics, right? And like, frankly, again, like, and like, I try to, you know, to, uh, on the cases that I cover, I try to keep that in mind from my perspective, right? And like, try to keep my balance out. But like, then I, I flip through the cases that I've covered on, on this podcast and like, notice, you know, the racial disparities and like, considering, you know, how many you know, people of color go missing, um, or die at, at, you know, at tragic ends. Um, and compared to, you know, the, the number of white people who, who go missing. And yet, you know, I've probably, if I had take a guess, covered a vast majority more, um, you know, you know, white people on this podcast than, than people of color. Well, you know what? I, I think, I think that that's what I love about this podcast is you tell stories in a way that should be told. And you do it in a way honorably. And yes, it's entertainment. And yes, it's, um, you know, fun for us to listen to and drink wine and talk about and gossip about. Okay. But these people are gone. These are real lives. And you're, you're, you're doing something to the world to bring that up and have people think about that. And these are the things, I mean, this is like, just because this happened years ago, it could be 50 years ago. It could be 100 years ago. It could happen yesterday. Like, these are real people, and their families are still affected from this and the futures of, the, mm-hmm. of these families. So um, I, I do want to bring that up. Is like, what you're doing in this podcast, even though a lot of us see it as entertainment, um, is very important. It really is very important, and I'm, I'm proud of you. And so I, I don't know where we took that turn, but... <laughs> Well, we took a really, I'm going to cry just for you saying that because I really appreciate that so much. And I think it probably is worth, you know, pausing here to talk about that, right? Because, like, I, you know, I say that, like, I, you know, I started this podcast, right? Because, you know, one of the reasons why I want to start this podcast is, um, you know, I, you know, I hate being ignored. As you know, I'm not one to, (laughs) you know, to take being ignored lightly. Um, And, you know, and as a result of that, like, I also don't like people who have been ignored, who, who, who don't, who, who don't have their voices. And like, if I have, if I have a voice right now, like, why wouldn't I use it to, to, you know, lend it out to other people? You know what I mean? So that way, they, that way I can, you know, tell their stories and, you know, try to, and try to do that, um, you know, as best as I can. Um, and, you know, again, it, it's unfortunate, you know, again, relating it back to kind of what, um, you know, what we were talking about before about, you know, about Pamela's, you know, race and, and um, you know, what Derek is, is kind of bringing up and raising a flag here about, um, you know, it's, it, you know, I, 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 I try to keep that in mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's, and it's just, I guess it's just unfortunate that like, that is the, um, that, you know, implicit bias exists. Um, and, and, you know, but, but, it, but it does. And like, you know, so point being is like, I'm trying to be very honest here about like my implicit bias and like where, where, where I'm at. And like, I'm, I'm, we're, we're getting there is the point. Right. I think so. Well, you know, it's, it's also, um, you know, it's, uh, as I'm thinking about it, it's probably a lot easier for you to come up with episodes where you have more information. And you can only have more information if investigators right. are doing more work. And so if there is that. a bias yeah. where you're getting more information from 
you know, whether they're white, black, Hispanic, whatever, if there's like a, a, a difference there, you're going to be gravitating to the cases that have more information. So I don't, I don't yeah. think you should feel bad about that. Um, if- yeah. Well, or at the very least, not even just get information, more information out there, like just like have gotten like the traction yes. right? to, 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 to like, you know, get hit people's radars. Right. Because it's like, and like, I do try to do the cases that no, not a whole lot of people are talking about. Not a whole lot of people know about Pamela Butler. Um, unfortunately, because she sounded like a terrific woman. Um, but, um, you know, the, I, I, so, but, but if, if nobody else, if everyone's talking about the Gabby Petitos of the world, which is an important case, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but like then also to, um, the, you know, the, then, you know, the, the Pamela Butlers of the world, there's, the, it's not going to be as well known. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially because, you know, she, she, came from it sounds like uh you know a a place where her mother loved her and supported her but didn't have the funds to do well and so she took it upon herself to do well financially and is doing everything right and then something went wrong i'm Mm -hmm. interested to know more about this uh ex-wife though that i mean i want to know if she knew about her um i don't know if we'll ever know that but i want to know about this ex-wife yeah so yeah so to be clear it it's it's not 100 percent clear at all if pamela knew about her in any way shape or form so we'll just put that out there 100 percent. but jose's ex-wife was named marta rodriguez cruz they got married in puerto rico before they moved to arlington virginia together around the same time too jose had married a different woman um, named Guadalupe. He had also brought her to the United States, but the two women were apparently totally unaware of each other, meaning Marta and Guadalupe. Jose um, even had a child with Guadalupe, who, again, may or may not be Hansel. Again, not totally clear at all who all these characters, kind of how they how they all fit together in this big puzzle. In March 1989, Jose was charged with abducting and assaulting Marta, too. According, so again, like, third, fourth charge that we're talking about here. According to the Washington Post, a police officer had seen him dragging Marta across a street while she was bound and gagged. And when police questioned him about this, he supposedly said, quote, if I can't have her, no one will. Oh, golly, man. Marta was scheduled to testify against Jose in May of that year, but she was reported missing when she never showed up to the court date. Oh, okay. Well, did she just not show up or was she not allowed to, you know? <sighs> well, we're going to get there a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you right now, Jose is done for on my list. Oh, he's bad news. <laughs> bad he, news. No, he's more than bad news. Like, he's so, what, talking about no, he's yeah, he's being evil. with he's kids and I, no, we're right. done. We're done with Jose. Frankly, regardless, like absent Pamela, like he's he's like he's evil, right? Like like everything we know about him so far. I wonder, you know, I it it really makes me wonder. Like, obviously, this is like bottom of the barrel, dude. Like the the thing threatening to rape a three year old is just what's standing out to me the most. Um, like what, Mm -hmm. who even has that come across their mind? But anyway, um, so why would somebody as like particular and careful and whatever as, uh, as she was. Right. End up with him. Yeah. 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 It's like, he's gotta be some sort of 
psychopath that can put on a show. You know, there are there are those personalities out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's scary. That's scary yeah. to me. It sure is. Well, again, you know, if this case just wasn't wild enough, there's another kicker to the story, Lindsay. Oh, no, I can't. I can't take any more. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. In 2000, police had actually canceled that missing persons report from Marta after they had supposedly made contact with her in Florida as she was living with Jose. But when Jose's son had come forward with this tip about Jose, again, fast forwarding back to 2017, D.C. Metro Police had decided to reinvestigate this situation with Marta and Jose. And so they go back to Jose and ask for a picture of the woman who was living with him and who was supposedly Marta back in 2000. And as reported by WJLA, the ABC affiliate in Washington, D.C., Jose turns over a picture, and this woman really looks nothing like Marta at all. The woman, they figure out, was actually Jose's second wife's sister-in-law, who, for reasons I still don't fully understand even after researching this case fairly extensively, was living with Jose pretending to be Marta. Okay, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, alright, so let's recap. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's let's recap. The, you the, you the go for it. I'll drink wine. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. So police had canceled the missing persons report after they contacted Marta in Florida in two thousand. In two thousand, she right. was living with Jose. Right. So as far as they were concerned, Marta's found. Okay. Marta's okay. Marta's okay. So she wasn't drug across saying if you. If no, if I can't have you, nobody will. No, I'm sorry. So that that actually did happen, right? So this that was in 1989, um, and then she was supposed to testify against Jose um, in 1989, and then she never showed up to the court date, and no one had heard from her. She was reported missing until 2000. And now she's back with him, like fake Marta. Supposedly, yeah, fake yeah, fa- Marta. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Fake Marta. Okay, okay, okay. So now we got Marta from Wish living with Jose. <laughs> They flip the picture over and they're like, who's this? Right. <laughs> oh, Liam, I, this is all, this is all too nutso. I told you there's so many layers to this story. Like, I didn't even know where to begin. This is, you can't even write this. This oh, is no. nuts. Yeah. No, for sure. So, you know, that was just about enough for police, though. They decide that they need to bring Jose in, but this time he was coming in in handcuffs. He is charged with the first-degree murder of Marta, and Derek and Pam's mother say that when they heard this news, their stomachs just sank, but they were absolutely overjoyed. You see, they knew from the jump that Jose had something to do with Pam's disappearance, right? And even though he wasn't being charged in Pam's case, at least he was being charged with something he would be behind bars yeah i I imagine there would be a lot of emotions there because it's like well at least there's justice for his past stuff and probably a little bit of hope that they can still move forward and find something for for their daughter but um i I don't know i i think that the family's intuition is should really be considered by police right from the beginning so i'm glad that they that all this is seems to be working out, but yeah. um, I'm interested in what happens after that. Yeah, grab your bottle, Lindsay. <laughs> That's all I have to say because there's... I got it. I got my bottle. <laughs> Man, yeah. Ugh. 
Well, between April of 2017, when Jose is arrested, and October of 2017, Jose actually confesses to killing Pamela. Boom. Knew it. Jose, you're a loser. Go on. (laughs) He says that on that Friday, February 13th, Jose and Pamela got into a fight over his unemployment when Pamela called him all sorts of names, saying that he was lazy, etc. Aw, she said he was lazy? Oh, poor guy. Go on. He says that he punched Pamela in the face after that. And that's when she fell to the ground and he choked her until she died. Mm. And then he disposed of her cell phone, turned off her security system, and lowered her body out of the dining room window, knowing that that was the only exit of the house that didn't have any coverage by the security camera videos. So I guess at this point, he's probably like, well, they got me. I might as well tell them my brilliant plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's wild. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Well, in October of that year, Jose ended up pleading guilty to second degree murder in Marta's case and is sentenced to 12 years, agreeing to a plea deal under the condition that he lead investigators right to Pamela's body. Gosh, yeah, please. I mean, he would be the only person that would know where it is. Oh, the killer, certainly, yeah. Well, so, again, and talking about the family, right? Like, at this point, like, almost nine years after Pamela's disappearance, and, you know, they are just wondering what happened to her. All Pamela's family wants is to have closure at this point. Mm -hmm. A jail sentence means nothing to them if they can't find Pamela and find some sort of closure. But... In the most tragic part of this whole case, Jose leads investigators right to Pamela's body, a median, along one of the country's biggest stretches of highway on I-95 in Stafford County, Virginia, where he claims to have buried her. But when they get there, they find that that stretch of highway had been paved over to make an HOV lane, and there's no way to dig her up to bring her home. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because they don't know for sure that she's there. I wonder if they knew, like, for sure, for sure that she was there, if they would make an exception and do it. But they can't just break up a whole road just to see. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm sure, like, like several years later, right, like, the odds of, like, finding the exact location. But, and then also, too, like, what, like, what does you really get out of that you know what i mean i mean like the family gets like the satisfaction of like okay at least i have her remains i can bury her like like sure like that to me feels like enough but like from a like 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 from a government standpoint right like you need to request all sorts of like permissions and funding and all that stuff and like oh, you just god all the things all, all the, the red all tape, that right? like paperwork and nonsense right and it's just I just don't see that being approved in any way. And plus, like, they don't know exactly where it is. Right. Well, and and two, it's like it's again I ninety five like like the busiest highway in America, right? It's like hold like, on, no hold way. on, hold on. But this is the busiest. Like, so how did he do it though? How did he yeah. freaking bury a body in the median? I've tried. Listen, Liam. I have chickens, at least I did. Um, they're they're all gone now. But I've tried to bury a chicken. Um, not that this has anything to do with our case, but interested to see where you're going with listen, this. Listen, listen. <laughs> uh, we're half a bottle down. Um, I, I, I can't bury it deep enough 
to keep the coyotes out. And so they come and they pull it out, chicken parts everywhere. So I rebury it and it's dug back out. What I'm saying is when you bury a human, I imagine it would have to be very, very deep. Yeah. And what, unless you have a tool other than a shovel, I, on a busy highway, Liam, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So, so a couple things, right? Like, so in terms of like wild animals and stuff, right? Like this is, it's a, you know, a loud, noisy, busy highway. So like wild animals, I'm sure are staying away from that, is that space. That's true. Um, And then, so, but, and then if you see like pictures of this highway, it's like, when you think of like a median, like we're not thinking of like, like, you know, I-24 where we're at, where we're in, in Chattanooga right now, where it's like, there's like, it's like, like there like it's wide open and stuff like this section of highway is like fairly set off like it's it's probably if i take a guess like again i'm so bad at distances and stuff but like i would guess like maybe 50 yards like separating the two lanes of 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 um highway um and so it's it's pretty and there's like woods it's like it's pretty like secluded and stuff um, so it's, it's not like unheard of. I feel like it makes, it makes a logical amount of sense to me how like under the cover of darkness, you can kind of like dip off, you know, go do your thing, bury a body and then leave. Okay. I could see it. That, that, that makes a lot more sense to me than what I was imagining. But, right. you know, also shout out to the fact that you like looked up the, what the interstate looks like and the medium, because that's a detail that's really important because, yeah. you know, if we're like off the side of like I-75 where we live, like there's no way somebody could do something like that. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, and this is, and like, again, like I've, and frankly, like morbidly. And it feels weird even, like, thinking about this. But, like, I've driven that section of highway so many times. I don't know the exact section of highway that they're talking about. Like, in terms of, like, I don't remember driving on that. But it's just, like, weird to, like, drive, like, to think about, like, I've been there. You know? Like, it's so creepy. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, you know... Pamela's body, though, of course, is never found. Um, But Jose technically gets his plea deal to everyone's frustration and and dismay um, in in that very frustrating turn of events. Um, But the trip wasn't a total waste. Because while they were there, a volunteer had this epiphany. They had lived in the area for a very long time and was a true crime lover. And so we love them for that, right? (laughs) And he remembered... A body being found in the area back in 1991. Crime Over Wine is proud to support Emancipat. Veterinary care shouldn't be a mystery, and neither should your pet's health. Emancipat's licensed veterinarians have answers to all of your pet questions. In the Vet Ed video series, veterinarians break down topics from spaying and neutering to protecting your pet in cold weather. Learn more at emancipat.org and watch Vet Ed on the Emancipat YouTube channel. Again, true crime lovers can, like, solve all the world problems as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, back in 1991, in the median along I-95, just a few miles from where Jose told investigators he had buried Pamela, investigators had been called to the site of discovered human remains. And they really only knew that they were human remains because there were human clothes involved at the scene. The woman had become known as the Stafford County Jane Doe. Her autopsy was inconclusive, with her cause and manner of death being listed as undetermined. And that's pretty much as it stood for 
decades until Jose led police back to that site in 2017, and that light bulb went off above the volunteer's head. Again, thank God for true crime lovers, right? Police collect a sample of DNA from Marta's son, who, again, may or may not be Hansel. Again, I'm not really clear on the family tree here, but when they compare that sample to the Jane Doe, it's a familial match. And they are able to determine for sure that the remains belong to Marta. Beautiful. Well, at least we have that part solved. Uh, it's mm. sad that there are multiple parts in this, but um, that's crazy that they only knew it was human remains because they were clothes. So, I mean, I, I guess cotton or whatever she was wearing. I mean, I'm glad that lasted. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I it, and, and again, I just have to imagine that like it's just because like the body was like so decomposed. Yeah. Right? Like, man. But Jose ended up pleading guilty to second-degree murder in Pamela's case, too, and was sentenced to 40 more years in prison. But to this day, Pamela's remains have not been found. But Pamela's mother and brother say that they're okay with that, because they feel that justice has been served. Well, that's good. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm just concerned about the mother and brother so if they say they're okay with that then i am too i'm yeah. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, like, I couldn't imagine... Obviously, I hope I never have to imagine being in their shoes, of course. But, like, I also couldn't imagine being in that scenario of just, like, like you know where she mm-hmm. is. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's like, how the heck do you dri- drive that section of highway no, you can't. without just wanting to take a shovel to it? You know what I mean? You can't. I'm curious to know if they ever did just out of curiosity or if they just have to, like, if they were going to go that way, they would have to go a roundabout way. Uh, what do you yeah. do? God, I, what do you do? You, I mean, and D.C. <sighs> specifically, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and, like, how like how do you not, how does that not drive your, you nuts? You know what I mean? Like, how, like, because you just have to, you have to kind of just, like, push it out of your brain. I feel like you have to in terms of just, like, like, I'm, it's never going to happen. You, you have to. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds yeah. like it's been long enough. They've been struggling for this mystery forever and ever. I'm sure they're just right. happy to have something to know it's not just a big question mark instead at least they know something even if they don't have her physical body they have all our memories and they have the information it would be difficult to drive that road and know that like at some point you're gonna maybe if he was telling the truth drive over her yeah yeah and that's the other thing too right and that's what i always think about in these types of situations where you have a a missing person or a, or a you know a deceased you know presumably deceased person that, ha- that where their body has not been found um of like 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 what do you really believe like what can you really mm-hmm. believe you know what i mean because it's like it's like like do you just um, you know, like find, like choose to find the peace and just believe what that person's saying, or do you drive yourself nuts and think like, what if they're lying? Yeah, but you know what? He was pretty honest and detailed with the stuff that he did talk about. Um, and his his information yeah. did leave lead to Marta. So I I don't know. I what what else you got to go by? I mean, you have nothing else to go by. You yeah, no, truly. Well, and again, this is like super morbid and like I probably shouldn't even say this and put it out into the ether and I'm going to say it, but like what if 
like he was just trying to like get off easy and because like he was only sentenced to 52 years in jail which i'm sure that's probably just about the end of his life but like what if it isn't mm-hmm. um and so like like point being is what if he was just like okay let's just like end this and i'll take you to where i buried marta but like not necessarily where i ended up burying pamela mm. you know what i mean like i don't know <sighs> I, I like to think I I have to in order for me to go to sleep after the after recording this podcast I have to imagine that that is not the truth but like what if it is you know <laughs> yeah um I, I think as a listener as an investigator we just got to go by what the family is saying and I it's agree. like if, if they say yeah. they're happy or not happy obviously they're not happy but if they say they're satisfied with the results that's really sad but um I got to, I got to believe them and be like, well, you know, and, and I think like we talked about the fact that we're talking about these cases, keeping their memories alive, especially someone as awesome as Pamela seems to be. Um, I think that's, that's the important thing. So, you know, I, I, I didn't, I'm still not necessarily a fan of true crime, but I will say that I see the role that this is doing. Um, for the world, and I'm really proud of you. I, I think that, I think that these cases are important. It's it's not just entertainment. You have shown me that this is not just like people sitting down at fri- on Friday night and watching Nightline mm. and having their popcorn and seeing like, ooh, what's the <laughs> drama? To you know, right? I, I really do think that when you do it in this way, um, we we talk about the importance of these people's lives. Um, that's that's an important purpose for this podcast in addition to you being hilarious and entertaining as well uh, yeah and drinking and again <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rex too. well um Lindsay, on that note um that is all that we have for you this week um and so i am so thankful that you came on this episode um and you know sharing pamela's story i'm glad that you see the value in sharing pamela's story because a lot of not that a lot of people don't but um you know a lot of people should um and so i appreciate you for 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 verbal for verbalizing it and talking about it very intentionally well i think what you're doing is awesome and important and it was lovely to share this bottle of who who we call him michael michael david michael david hey michael david is my date tonight call me <laughs> right yeah <laughs> well um tell everyone where they can find you your work and your fantastic and awesome pictures and videos online oh okay well um my my website i don't know if i want people to go to my website i don't even know what it looks like right now <laughs> um, I, I i shoot some uh freelance uh video and photos on the side and i teach some uh, um, summer camps if you're in the Chattanooga or North Georgia area and you have a kid that wants to uh, uh, learn how to use a camera as a tool to bring good to the world like Liam mm-hmm. talks about mm-hmm. um, you can go to uh, gogophotovideo.com that is my website um, you can also find me personally um, everywhere on social media my um what do you call it? Your at? Your what do you call your it? Handle. Yeah, your yeah. handle. My handle. <laughs> my handle. I'm an old lady, Liam. You're so you funny. wouldn't know anything about this. My handle. Skydiving mommy. That's it. Skydiving mommy. Yeah. And I because I also have to say that Lindsay's such like an adventurous soul and she's like brought me every time I am around her, she's like brought me out of that 
um shell a little bit too i would never go skydiving but like go her uh, <laughs> doing that um but you know I, and if you just want to go look at some really fantastic and awesome pictures and videos and stuff because Lindsay is absolutely like a genius at what she does um and so go do that too um but thank you again so much for coming on Lindsay. it's been a pleasure and thank you all so much for listening we are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories too and if you are just loving this podcast and are just looking for a way to tell everyone and anyone about it the best way to help people discover this podcast is by leaving us a five-star rating and a review wherever you are listening right now so make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and if you're wondering what we have in store for you next week here's a quick sneak peek Hello, everybody. It's Liam. And I'm Rachel Holloway. And I am Heather Northcraft from the podcast Like Mother, Like Murder. And we're back next week to tell you all about a Black Widow murderer on a spree. It's a case with a new, truly wild twist at every turn. But you'll have to wait to hear every single wild turn until next Wine Wednesday on another episode of Crime Over Wine. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.